Welcome to The Wild Show with your hosts, Will Chang, Lee Chang, and Andrew Su. Hi, my name is Will Chang, and today we have Evan Lai giving us a weekly update. Welcome, Evan. Hey, Will. How's it going? I think you're incredibly good at picking topics. You chose the Luna Terra topic. You chose the Celsius topic. Every time you come up with a topic, I don't actually know how big it's going to be until like a week later and everyone's talking about it. Good job. Thanks, Will. I don't think I can take full credit for it. It's definitely because there's always this crazy shit happening in crypto. Definitely a function of the industry and less of my ability. But this week, there's a pretty big trending topic, and that's Three Arrows Capital. Have you heard about what's going on? Yeah, but before we get into Three Arrows Capital, we should just give a quick update in terms of... It was only a week ago, but with Celsius last week, when we were talking about it, we were talking about how they were at risk of going insolvent. Today, they are insolvent. I have friends that put tens of thousands of dollars into Celsius, and now they've stopped all withdrawals. Nobody can take any of their money out, and people think they're bankrupt or insolvent. And so it's not looking good. Yeah. They even hired a law firm to advise them on financial restructuring. And I also saw that state security regulators in Alabama, Kentucky, New Jersey, Texas, and Washington are investigating Celsius. Yeah, it is a house of cards. It started out with the Terra, Luna, UST stuff, and that collapse led to Celsius going down. And I think that's also affecting the AC, right? Exactly. One of the prime reasons for Celsius going down is leverage trading. They were over-levered. And interestingly, everyone thought it was Celsius that was dumping their stake to eat to try to pay back their debts. But actually now, a lot of people are thinking it was actually Three Arrows Capital that started dumping their stake to eat immediately after the massive Terra Luna collapse. They had around like $560 million worth of locked uh, Luna which is probably worth zero now. So they started dumping their state deed to pay back their debts. And this is super crazy because Three Arrows Capital is probably one of the premier brands within Web3. They, at its peak, they were managing around $18 billion worth of assets and they were super influential in the space. One of the founders, Suzu, has he has around like 500,000 Twitter followers and he's a super prolific tweeter, definitely very super influ- influential. So it's just crazy that, you know, Three Arrows Capital is collapsing before our very eyes. They've invested in some of the biggest projects in Web3, like BlockFi, Axie, Aave, Lido, and also a bunch of L1s too, like Avalanche, Ethereum, Polkadot, Solana, Nier, and Terra. Tell us about these guys. Who are these two people? So Suzu, Kyle Davies, they were basically high school friends and they worked at Credit Suisse together. Shortly after Credit Suisse, they left to form Three Arrows Capital. They've been in the space since 2017 and they really came to become really influential in this past bull run. So then what exactly happened? So there's a difference between Celsius and Three Arrows Capital, right? Celsius is a digital bank. They're taking clients' money, they have a million customers, and then they use that money to do internet magic DeFi stuff to get interest and pay the consumers back. So when they get insolvent and they can't pay their customers back, that's a problem for the entire retail industry. But what is Three Arrows Capital? What is it that they do and why is it important? Well, so what's 
important about Three Arrows Capital is while they aren't using retail money, they have borrowed money from every single major lender. So they borrowed money from BlockFi, Genesis, Nexo, and Celsius. I think BlockFi made an announcement earlier this week that they already liquidated Three Three Arrows Capital collateral because they saw that 3AC was going insolvent. And the reason why this is really bad and especially bad for like crypto prices is because the lenders to 3AC, if 3AC becomes insolvent, the lenders would probably have to eat a loss and withdraw credit from the system. And less credit means less money sloshing around the whole entire crypto industry, which means coin prices will go down even more. And on top of that, I also saw something on Twitter where some of 3AC's portfolio companies were coming out and saying that 3AC also managed protocol treasuries. So basically after protocol raises, they have a bunch of USD or USDT sitting around in the treasury. 3AC offered a guaranteed 8% APR for their treasury management. And of course, a lot of protocols don't really save because it's 3AC. They have a super trusted brand in the ecosystem. We don't, we don't know how many, but it is suspected that there's a decent amount of protocol treasuries that 3AC managed that could also be at risk. So just to recap what's happening is that 3AC, or 3 Arrows Capital, they at one point they're worth $18 billion and they were essentially using their own money to make money in DeFi and crypto. And so they were over leveraged and staking in a lot of things that were illiquid. And so as crypto prices dropped because they were on margin, they were getting called. And so they have to either pay more money into it to continue to hold on to the margins, or they basically had to, it'll just force sell. And so they no longer have any money left that's liquid. Is that right? Exactly. They can get stuck into a depth spiral in a way where the more they sell their own heat, the more the value of their collateral declines, which means the probability of them getting liquidated increases. Another thing that is interesting too, they were going around to all these different lenders basically saying, hey, if you lend us money, we'll give you 8% APR. And so there's a lot of people that lent money to 3AC so that they can get the 8% APR. No one knows where where they are. And a lot of the creditors are trying to look for them and and trying to figure out, hey, where's the money? You said BlockFi, for example, the tweet about them is basically, yeah, they were lending money to 3AC. 3AC either didn't respond or 3AC just was like, I can't deal with it. And then they just liquidated, sold everything. But because of their brand, there's a lot of people that lent money to 3AC without having any collateral. Yeah, I think and because of their brand and because they've had their fingers in a bunch of different areas, this 3AC collapse actually might be more systemic across the entire ecosystem than the Celsius collapse. Because I guess with the Celsius collapse, it really fucks over a lot of retail investors. But 3AC, they borrowed money from all the major lending platforms. They hold tokens in all the top L1s and a lot of other DeFi protocols and everything. So as they start to unwind, they're going to have to start to dump some of these tokens. They won't be able to pay back some of these creditors, which will trigger more of the house of cards falling down. I read a tweet where I don't exactly know if it's true or not. It's just, it's on Twitter, right? This is just public information. And obviously, probably a lot of it is hearsay. But I read a tweet that there's this one guy 
who says that they do a lot of trading. And so the fees are generally pretty high if they trade on their own. So they were using 3AC's trading account because 3AC has so much volume that the fees are lower. And so they're borrowing the 3AC's trading account and giving them like a percentage. So 3AC is making money off of their trades as well. One day they go into their account after, because they have a bunch of money because they trust 3AC. One day they saw that 3AC stole a million of their dollars. And so I'm pretty sure that they're not the only ones. I'm sure they have a lot of relationships like this all over the industry. And 3AC was trying to figure out a way to get more liquidity, to make sure that their margins aren't being called. And so they're trying to find money. And they probably took little bits of pieces from everywhere just so that they can not lose everything. It sounds like that's what's happening, right? Yeah, definitely. And what's crazy too is some of these protocols, their treasuries, I also read that they're mixed in with the larger funds that 3AC is also trading with. So if 3AC collapses, it could just become this giant mess. It's going to be really difficult to be able to separate out what amount of funds belong to protocols, what amount of funds belong to some of these traders that might have been using 3AC's accounts to trade, what amount of funds might belong to some of these creditors or lenders that they borrowed money from and stuff. The main thing, though, that people have been saying, or at least like what I'm starting to understand, too, is that what these people are doing, whether it's Celsius or whether it's 3AC, all of this stuff that's being done is really traditional finance stuff, right? Nothing's on chain, so it's not very transparent on what's going on. And that, first of all, the CFI stuff, Celsius, you're not really supposed to have a centralized exchange. That's, that was the per, not the purpose of, or centralized finance, that was not the purpose of crypto. And so having someone own the wallets of your money is actually not the ethos of crypto. And same thing with the AC is you just really have this fund that's just, everything's obfuscated. So you actually don't know what the risks are, even though they're taking massive risks. And so the narrative of DeFi is still there in terms of DeFi should fix a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, because you have this like in-between of DeFi and CeFi or DeFi and traditional finance, just everything's affected right now. Yeah, definitely. What happened with 3AC has definitely happened a lot in traditional finance. I think one firm called Archigo's Capital Management, I don't know too much about this, but I know that Archigo's was a family office that managed the personal assets of this guy named Bill Wong. And Archigo's blew up in early 2021, when they defaulted on a bunch of margin calls with several large investment banks, including Goldman Sachs and like Morgan Stanley and stuff. Definitely what's happening to 3AC is something that, ha- that can also happen in traditional finance. It's really just a, it's a function of human greed. And no matter what kind of new technology we're using or new financial system that we're trying to move to, it, at the end of the day, it's humans that are playing with it and human greed will always be a factor in that. I think what's just so surprising to everyone is that 3AC was, has such a trusted brand. And it goes back to the cult of personality that we saw with Do Kwan and some of these other crypto guys, where basically Suzu was also a cult of personality himself and a lot of people trusted him. They thought that he would know better than to overlover. And... It's just crazy because, again, just like Carolina, it's all falling apart in public. We see these cycles every 10 years-ish with just finance. We saw this in 2008. We saw this 1999 where there was just like too much greed in the system and people started getting optimistic about what's going to happen and just over-leveraging. 
and then everything just falling apart. With 2008, one of the things that people were very angry about was the government allowing the banks to do this and then bailing the banks out at the end. So a lot of the banks ended up surviving. I think with the crypto crash, at least, I don't think any banks are bailing out. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, at least what a lot of people are saying is, at least with this crash, a lot of these kind of like bad products and shitty companies are going to get washed out of the system. And then I guess we can just redo it all again in four to five years. It's interesting because like the public forgetfulness of the market, at least in the traditional world, was a lot longer. But with crypto, it's just like, it's so everything moves so fast. Yeah. And the cycles that are happening so fast. Yeah, I agree. And we'll see. I'm sure in two weeks, we're going to be talking about something completely different. Maybe some other collapse. Hopefully some good news in two weeks. This actually got shared in our Cypress DAO Slack channel. And I think someone also shared this story to you as well. Well, Rick, I believe. Yeah, shout and out to Rick. Shout out to Rick Porter. And basically what happened is Merit Circle, this gaming guild, was invested in by Yield Go Games. And after Yugo Games invested in them, about a year later, Merit Circle, this proposal popped up on the Merit Circle forum where one of the DAO members was essentially saying that Yugo Games didn't contribute enough value to Merit Circle and that they should just buy them out and get rid of them as an investor. Now, I definitely think this pie has a lot of effects on the whole entire DAO ecosystem and I guess like DAO governance. Wanted to hear your thoughts about what happened and how you think this sets a precedence for other DAOs in the future. Yeah. So in the proposal that Honey Barrel made was like, he basically said, oh, we need all of our seed investors to add value to the DAO. And so they listed off three investors that have added value and they listed the fourth as Yielgo Game and like, yeah, fuck them. They haven't added any value. They're a competitor of ours. And we should just refund the money. And right? what kind of value are they looking for? The other three investors are funds that are in games. So a lot of the things that they're adding value to is deal flow. So introducing them to more games, BD deals, information, because they can see things on a broader landscape. And so they're able to feed them all these different information and because their incentives are aligned. You'll go games, the incentives aren't aligned a little bit because they have become competitors. And so a lot of the things that you'll go games information or assets, they just can't share with Metacycles. So obviously, of course, they're not going to be able to provide that much value. However, yeah. the value that they did provide in the beginning when they did raise that seed round was they made Metacycle legit. So Yogo Game was like one of the most famous gaming guilds. They had relationships with everyone. They raised money from everyone. And so when Metacycle was like, hey, I respect you. I want to do something you did. I know if we get big, we could be a competitor. But would you invest in us? And Yugo Games took the chance. Like, yeah, we just want to make the landscape better. We want a lot of different types of gaming guilds. Let me put some money into you. And I'll, let me introduce you to the other investors and get you introductions to the ecosystem so that you can become successful. So they gave Merit Circle their stamp of approval, which gave them a way into the whole entire ecosystem. Yeah, but the only thing tangible that Yugo Games can talk to and Honey Barrel pointed to is, yeah, you tweeted about us a couple of times. You put us on news websites, but that's all you did. And that's true. But now they're basically saying, okay, they didn't add enough value. Today, now that we're successful, like I, just, I forgot about you. And I forgot the stuff that you did for me in the beginning. You're not giving me any value now. So fuck you. And so they're like, okay, you guys 
put $175,000 of your money into us. We're just going to refund you that money. Wow. This proposal passed almost unanimously. There are a couple of people who are like, okay, this is a dangerous precedent that you're setting. But this proposal passed, meaning that everyone in the DAO was like, yeah, this is a great idea. We should kick them out. But the problem is that there's a legal obligation that the founders signed a SAFT, which is like a promise to sell tokens to them at a certain price. And the price is three cents. It's worth a dollar now. Their tokens are still locked, so they can't actually sell it until the vesting period. But it's worth so much more. And so they were originally going to just give them get back the money, even though now they're a successful thing and they're worth a dollar. And so the founders, okay, we can't do this, but let's write another proposal and say, okay, we can still refund them. We just need to refund them with giving them a little bit more return. So instead of giving them back $175,000, we're going to give them $1.75 million at 30 yeah. cents. It's still fucked up, right? Because yeah. their amount of tokens that YGG should have should the valuation of the tokens is way more. It's like worth $5 million, yeah. It's worth five, so yeah. Basically, what kind of precedent does this set for future DAOs and people that invest in DAOs or maybe even VCs that invest in DAOs? Yeah, the crazy thing is like DAOs have control over the treasury. And so any proposal that has passed should be able to impact the treasury because it's decentralized, right? Yeah. But then you're like, okay, if nothing is sacred. If you can't invest into the DAO and have any legal action taking on or obligation, then it's really dangerous investing in DAO because it's like anarchy. DAO can just do anything they want for itself. It's like a very dangerous precedent being set. And that kind of risks a lot of different things for DAOs. And I'm just curious, do you know how YGG reacted to this counterproposal? Have they said anything about it? Could they even potentially bring legal action? against Merit Circle. The SAF that they signed was with the founders, but then the founders don't control the treasury. The DAO controls the treasury. And so I don't think there is any legal action that can be done. YGG was obviously upset. They wrote a public article basically saying like, hey, our help is minimal, but we did help you guys. We did essentially create a monster for you guys. We were in the early stages to help you create a, a competitor of ours. And we should get rewarded for that. But they're like, okay, we'll take the 1.75 million instead of the $175,000, which is better than nothing, but it's still not $5 million. Yeah. And this does bring up a really good point because a lot of DAOs with their voting, it's a really pure form of democracy in a way, right? But it also begs the question, like, how many of the people voting actually understand the long-term consequences of their actions? Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find us. You can find more about us on wild.show, W-L-D.S-H-O-W. Please subscribe to our newsletter or DM us on Twitter. We'd love to get to know you.